sister said. She could only protect me if I stayed away from everyone and everything. I saw what happened. Your mum at the reservoir. No one can know I'm here. If they find out, they'll take me away. I won't tell anyone. So no one knows you exist. You do. I like spending time with you here. You've really never been past the res. Well, lucky you got me. Come on! I'll help you through it. Three, two, one. Why don't you ever leave? Mum said there's nothing but pain there. It's safe. Oh. Promise. <laughs> My heart should be broken. <laughs> I feel more alive than I've ever felt. I think I really like you. So where you been? Friend's place. What the hell have you been up to, young lady? The cop's here. Well, it's a murder investigation now. Get back in the house right now! You're gonna be okay. I promise you. Claudia! I'll be right here. By your side. That's the trailer for My First Summer. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. In this episode of the Cinema Australia podcast, I'm joined by My First Summer director Katie Found and actor Maya Stewardson to talk about their new beautiful film. I watched this film ahead of its screening at the Mardi Gras Film Festival in Sydney and I was hooked from the very beginning. It's already one of my favourite Australian films of the year. Here's the synopsis. After the suspicious death of her mother, a 16-year-old is stranded on an isolated rural property. When a misfit local girl discovers her, the two lost teens form a deep bond until the police close in and threaten their secret summer love. This is a very candid chat where both Katie and Maya are very open and generous with their insights into the making of this film. We discuss things like the rural setting, which viewers might recognise from another very popular new Australian movie, how they cast a certain furry critter in the film, and favourite summertime memories. My First Summer is now available to stream via Stan. Anyway, enjoy. Katie, Maya, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you with us. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Um, I enjoyed everything about uh, my first summer. Uh, it's mostly a two-hander, and uh, watching this film, I felt like I was reading someone's private diary, which is testament to your character development, Katie. And um, as a 36-year-old straight male, I may not be the film's target audience, uh, but I had plenty of empathy for these two characters. Uh, I found uh, Claudia and Grace to be completely engaging in their story, both uh, deep and complex. It's an absolute gem of a film, so congratulations to you both. Aw, thank you. That's so Thank you. Katie, you were telling me earlier that this will be the first time that you get to enjoy the film uh, in front of a a full-packed cinema? Yes, yeah. I wasn't able to go to the the premiere, which was Adelaide Film Fest, um, because of COVID and I just had a baby. So I'm I'm very excited and terrified to be 
going to um, the screening tomorrow night. The film's had great reviews so far. So d- does that make it easier going into a cinema full of full of people, uh, you know, keen to watch a movie? No, <laughs> no, still terrified. <laughs> I think that's going to be. I think that that's just. I mean, surely everybody would be terrified. Yes. Um, but Maya's Maya's sat in a um, cinema with an audience before, um, so she's going to be my rock sitting next to me. Yes. And Holding Maya, my hand. <laughs> Maya, what was the mood like uh, when when you watched uh, the film for the first time with an audience? Well, my mood was probably a nice mix of having the hot sweats and the shakes and kind of wanting to be sick, but also being really excited. And I think then the general mood of the people who saw the film was so lovely. They were so open to it. Um, they were on the ride the whole way through. And and I think people really felt the big emotions in the way that the characters do, which was so lovely to see these characters feeling things and then peeping around the audience and seeing that mirrored in, you know, our lovely audience members, that was really special. Lovely. Um, Katie, I want to start with you. Uh, This is your first feature film, and uh, you made a few short films uh, prior to it. Can you take us back for a moment? Uh, Where did your filmmaking journey begin? I actually started off in theatre at high school and then into university. I was very involved in the theatre scene, and I thought that that was Um, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I really wanted to be a playwright and um, direct theatre. But then it was actually taking a course at the VCA um, as part of my arts undergrad. Um, It was just an introduction to filmmaking uh, course and it completely, it just all shifted. I just, I I was seeing everything as, um, you know, the, the stories in my mind were always playing out on, stage and then something clicked and then they were just I would see um I would see it you know um in frames in um for screen so yeah it happened really suddenly do you remember what it was that made it click we were introduced to a lot of films that I'd never seen or probably would never have seen um and I don't know I I, I don't know what it was it was just um yeah I honestly don't know what it was mm. it just it was pretty profound. Um, I think it was one of the assignments, actually. Um, we we had to write a director's statement and uh, for a, a short film, which I then turned into The Widow, which was my first like proper short film. Mm. Um, and, yeah, speaking, like writing it out as, okay, this is how I would approach it as a film project. Um, it just felt so exciting. And, um, yeah, I mean, I still love theatre, I think that um, I'll always return to the theatre. It's just I, I feel so at home um, in the theatre. But, yeah, um, it all really changed in that one semester for me. Thankfully, because, uh, you know, it looks like we've got a real talented uh, feature filmmaker on our hands here after watching this film. Um, oh, that's really <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, my your first role was in uh, Girl Asleep and, and you've done quite a bit of theatre work. Uh, I'm wondering, did you have a preference for screen or theatre when you decided that you wanted to become an actor? Um, at, at, at the time of deciding that I wanted to act and tell stories, honestly, for me, it was any medium, any form, any kind of story, I just want to tell one that I believe in. Mm. So I really wasn't, I I didn't have a preference. However, that being said, I really grew up in the theatre and a lot of my 
skill set has been developed from from working in live performance and people often ask me whether I prefer one or the other and and I struggle to answer because they really do require quite um, different technical aspects. Mm. I mean, at the centre it's it's still that you're telling a beautiful story and you have to tell the truth um, and try and make it as believable and as authentic as is possible. Mm. But I think um, I'm sort of similar to Katie in that I do love the theatre and I feel so at home there given that that is really where I began. Mm. But throughout my whole journey and as, as a, you know, seven-year-old when I decided this is what I wanted to do, it really didn't matter to me what form it took just yes. as long as I was telling something compelling and being able to take people away and find out parts of themselves through other characters. That yeah. was the main thing for me. Uh, it's interesting because uh, I'm a big fan of Girl Asleep and uh, it, that film plays out like a theatre production. It's like uh, you're sitting in the crowd yeah. watching a theatre performance. Is, is that... Is that how you got the role or, or, or was that a part of you being cast in that film? So um, Windmill Theatre, yes. well, so Windmill Theatre have like now sort of their screen production company, but mm. they were primarily uh, a wonderful theatre company and I absolutely adore working with them and I love the team there. Um, and the way that they sort of went about filming this was this real blur of disciplines mm. and everyone who was coming on to that set you know we had acrobats coming in and we had people that had only really grown up in the film world um and then people like me who came from a heavy life performance background and so it really does translate and I think that was certainly a conscious effort that 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 team made mm. was being able to create this sort of theater filmic experience and I was just lucky in that this is one of the only times in my career when I had auditioned for something and it kind of didn't matter that I was so big and expressive, <laughs> something I struggle with given that I've spent so much time in the theatre <laughs> and something that my first summer really taught me through working with Mark Keller <laughs> is just bringing everything down, making it smaller. You know, the lens picks up on everything. But um, certainly doing Girl Asleep, it didn't really matter because that was what they were going for, I believe. Yes. Um, Katie, tell us about uh, the story of My First Summer. I feel that Maya would probably be able to explain it better than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so much and I'm sorry. I'm like, so I should just say, if I sound really vague, I am so sleep deprived. I've got a four month, a four month old. And so I just like haven't slept in quite a while. Um, so I have children myself, so I completely understand. But just so you know, everything that you're saying is is valuable to this interview, and you are making sense. So. Oh dear, that's good to know. I'm just yeah. Oh, I'm gonna just handball that to you, Maya. You're so articulate. I love you so much. Oi, I love you too. I can't. Katie and I haven't seen each other in like what two years no a really long time a really long time so I can't wait to see you in the flesh but anyway oh, um, same. I digress <laughs> uh, my my sort of understanding like mm. like you said Katie of, of my mm. first summer is that it is this beautiful big expansive story mm. um of all of these wonderful parts of life like grief and trauma and identity and love and friendship but when I explain it to people I say at its core it's about two humans feeling really human things and working mm. out what it means to come into yourself. Mm. And on a personal level, I mean, 
my sense of coming out and coming in to who I am are intrinsically tied and I feel like I am always working out who I am and I'm very comfortable with being fluid in that and my first summer was really the catalyst of me exploring this idea of I don't have to fit into a particular role or space or community I don't have to be a certain kind of person or a certain kind of actor because the story of the film is that these two young people are are working themselves out and working each other out and that process intersects in so many different kind of pockets throughout the film. Yes. Um, but, yeah, if you're being really reductionistic about it, it's two humans being mm. human, feeling things, and and I think showing strength through their compassion and their understanding of each other, mm. and that's, you know, so lovely to yeah. hear. It oh, is. Thank you, Maya, <laughs> for jumping in. Um, but, yeah, you're so right. I think that at the heart of it, it it's... Um, uh, I, I was really interested in exploring the healing power of human connection, yes. essentially. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, Katie, your, uh, your director's statement opens with uh, the line, I made my first summer as a gift to my younger self. And I think that's quite beautiful. Can, can you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm bi um, and when I was... Um, navigating my own sexuality in my um like in a in a serious way um in probably my early 20s I'd say um I found it quite distressing um and uh I just remember you know being like three o'clock in the morning and I would be under my doona um on Stan or Netflix searching for a a film that um, showed two women falling in love in that beautiful, you know, summertime fun way that, you know, men and women have been falling in love on, yes. on film yes. forever. Um, and I just, uh, I just couldn't find that. I couldn't find what I was looking for. Um, and instead I would find just tragedy after tragedy um, everyone would die in the end and they all just seemed like cautionary tales, like, yes. um, you know, it's bad to be gay kind of thing. Um, and I was so heartbroken by that. Um, and it made my experience of going into my first same-sex relationship just so unnecessarily hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up watching The L Word, which <laughs> just, it just, it was just so... Um, is not what I needed. Um, it was, yeah, like I, I just couldn't find um, a film where um, uh, the queer characters weren't sexualized um, and it wasn't all like, you know, drama. And um, so I, yeah, I decided not in that moment, but it kind of percolated for a while. And I decided to make my first summer as, um, yeah, a gift to my younger self. And obviously so many other young people um, who would be going through. I mean, my experience is so not unique, unfortunately. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to create something that had joy in it and where sexuality was the source of joy rather than drama. Mm. And sexuality isn't even mentioned in my first summer, which no. was this was really, really important to me because I didn't want that to be the plot, like... Um, I just I I wanted it to be, as Maya said, just two humans 
falling in love or, you know, um, yeah. So in, in a lot of ways it was for my younger self. Um, and I'm really grateful that I got to do that. Now that it's, it's really out there, cathartic. now that it's out there with the, you know, out in the world, do you think that your younger self would be, would be proud of you and, and this gift that you've created? Yeah. I'm trying to remember that. I'm yeah. Cause it's so easy to, um, to feel nervous about, you know, I was nervous about this podcast. I'm nervous about tomorrow night screening <laughs> at Mardi Gras. I'm like just nervous, nervous. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to just check in with myself and be like, Hey, um, you know, you're doing really well. Yes. <laughs> Your younger self would have been so proud. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like I've come a long way since being in my Duna caves at 3am. Yes. You know? um, so yeah. That's I great. I'd be to proud hear. of myself. Uh, did, I think so too. Did working with these two young actors allow you to return to your youth mentally while making this film? Yes, mm. in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found it so, um, I found the whole experience extraordinary, just so healing, and I felt like I grew so much as a human. Um, and working with Markella and Maya, I it, I cannot describe what an honor it was. I learned so much from them, and um, I'm yeah, I'm just so grateful that they were so on board and trusted me. And we just um, yeah, we we let each other play and explore. Um, I'm yeah, I'm so thrilled that I got to work with them. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or cinemaaustralia.com.au. Uh, Maya, what was your first impression of, of this script when you first read it? Oh, um, I'll never forget that I only happened to be in Melbourne by chance, really, um, and my agent sent it through and was like, hey, you're actually in Melbourne. You should... You should go in and audition for this while you're here. And I was overjoyed and they sent it to me and I knew that the audition was the next day. So I read it in the evening and then read it again um, straight away. I just sort of back to back devoured the script and was like, I, I know this, I know her, I know what this feels like and I could see it as well. Um, Katie did this really beautiful job of just like, imbuing all the like aesthetic elements that you see mm. on screen it was just so in the writing for me when I read it I could truly see what these two young people looked like mm. and and what they were feeling and I just yeah I was oh so in love with it and I remember going to the audition and being so nervous because I felt her in my bones mm. like I really wanted to be like I this is so me pick me, but also play it really cool at the same time. Um, yeah, so I just totally loved it. I, I very rarely connect that rapidly with a text. It normally takes me quite a few times and, and quite a bit of like mental marinating mm -hmm. of the words in my brain to really understand what I'm looking at. But this was different and I could tell like it's, you know, it's written by somebody like when I was looking at it, I was like, this person knows this, knows what it's like, has a queer experience. And that was really powerful for me because sometimes I feel like stories 
that are about being queer or stories that are just about young people are sometimes written from a place that maybe is either not informed at all or hasn't really touched back to what that is like and you can you can sense it yes. but that just wasn't the case here mm. can you describe your first meeting uh, with Katie for us yeah I think Katie came in I came in and Jonathan and Alicia so producer and executive producer were there and Katie yeah. I think you might have been I don't know but I just remember my first impression of Katie was firstly that I like immediately trusted what she was saying yes and also was so struck by how young Katie was because I was like this script is I don't know my brain kind of went to not really thinking that the team would be so young and and sprightly and I almost felt like I was being like super seen I didn't have to I wasn't in a room full of older people who'd been working in this industry for yonks and yonks and yonks I felt very much like this team were collaborative and flexible and then the audition process was just like that Mm -hmm. as well Katie just gave me so much room to explore and I think that day I had I ended up auditioning for the role of Grace and then I ended up staying back and auditioning for the role of Claudia as wow. well. Wow. I think mm. I, 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 I think helped, that you, I helped yeah, a friend you out to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, it was just like so lovely to have that extra little bit of time and watch how you worked. It made me, I think it just made me feel really excited and just want it even more. Uh, as a young actor trying to establish a career, how much faith do you have to put in someone like Katie who's making her first feature film? Or do you find it easy to, to uh, surrender yourself to that fact and, and trust, trust the artist? Oh, interesting question. I mean, I think it varies um, depending on what you're working on and who you're working with. I think something I loved and knew immediately was that the match between myself and Markella was both balanced but also a really good match. Mm. I think we had chemistry and we had a friendship and like a respect for what each other were bringing to um, the roles but also I think the three of us, Katie as well, we all kind of had this dynamic that was that, that really allowed me to kind of go, you know what you're talking about but I know that you would also listen to me if I had an offering for this and like so much of our filming experience was like beautiful and collaborative and Katie really let us um, just be really brave in the choices that we made Mm -hmm. and so when you are working with a director like that it is so easy to just kind of let that guard down and really deliver an excellent performance because you know you're in safe hands. But I but I also know that I've I've worked with people that haven't made me feel that way and that's like a blockage in in connecting with the script. Yes. You know, it's harder it's harder to give a good performance when you feel as though you're not free to kind of make suggestions or be bold. Mm. Um, but Katie just like totally allowed us to do that. No, it was amazing. Cool. It was a mic drop of a of an audition. Yeah. Like I knew <laughs> I knew within a second, like as soon as you started, um, as soon as you started speaking, I could see that you were, you were Grace. It was so incredible. It was really exciting to see. I I didn't know that. I remember just, I just remember leaving it and my granddad picked me up and I was like, (laughs) I hope I did enough. And, but I also knew that I hadn't felt that 
a lot. Like, and, and this is no word of a lie. I have not felt that alive and connected to something in an audition process ever, which was terrifying for me mm. because I knew how badly I, I wanted it and I knew how badly I felt like I could tell this story. Mm. Um, and it was exciting also for me to know that those stories did exist you know, those stories about young people that champion them and tell them with respect and integrity mm. that they were out there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was quite wonderful for me. Um, Katie, the, the, the film feels timeless. There, there's no phones, there's no technology. Uh, I can't even remember seeing a TV screen in it. I, I might be wrong there. Um, even the colour palette felt timeless and I guess the costume design uh, kind of plays into that a little bit. Was that intentional and, and can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, I wanted it to be um, timeless. I mean, it was like the, um, I, I guess I didn't want to, um, uh, I didn't want to have phones in it. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I mean, I didn't intentionally, I didn't want to make it. Um, so I I guess because like the, the place where the two characters spend the most time mm. is so, um like it, it, it's almost like that place doesn't exist in the world. Yes. Like they just created this little utopia for themselves, mm -hmm. and it, and it's like time didn't matter. Um, you know, none none of those things mattered, and so I really wanted, um, yeah, I really wanted to play into that. Um, yeah, I didn't want it to be like this is what it's like for young people now, or like this is what it was like for young people then. Like yes. I, I just wanted it to be. Um, kind of ungrounded in that way. Yes, and I guess if you had phones in it, it could have taken away a lot of the drama, you know, the rushing back between houses could have just been solved with a simple text message, I suppose. I know, yeah. <laughs> Maya, can you tell us, uh, because, you know, Michaela's not, Michaela's not here and she can't join us, can you tell us a bit about working with her in, in the film? Yeah, Michaela is an absolute gun of a actor and a gem of a human. Mm. I... Um, we, we had quite a short run up in order to kind of get acquainted with each other. I mean, I, I, I certainly had felt a connection in like just an actor chemistry connection um, from our initial audition. Mm -hmm. I think there's something when you go into an audition and when you, when you work with somebody and you can kind of clock, oh yeah, this, whatever we're doing is working like really beautifully yes. with each other. And that was so lovely and then also we lived together while we were shooting and Markella had done so much wonderful screen work whereas I'd come from like a predominantly theatre-based background and so what she taught me really by me just watching her perform was I think a lot of the craftsmanship around screen stuff and I think that um was so informative for me because I was watching an actor who really knew how to work the camera and I was concerned that I would really struggle in that department and so I was able to watch her and she was just she's so wonderful yeah. to to watch like she really is like her the stuff that she does with her eyes <laughs> is just mm. incredible like mm. you see totally into her brain um and I like in the film there are so many beautiful shots where Markella is just telling like this epic story purely with you know, one fifth of her face. It's yes. amazing. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, so true. And and that was just like so great to watch. And and you know, she was she is such a wonderful friend and I'm so excited for what she's doing in her career and 
we were talking about this on the phone last night. She said, I was so, I'm so glad that we got to do this when we got to do it yes. as well. Like it was kind of surreal and crazy and none of us thought that it would, you know, have the kind of future that it that it's having and and because you know you never want to assume and nothing is ever given in this industry yeah Yeah. so it's it's been really quite incredible to not only have a friendship with her but but learn from her um as well Mm. um i've got to ask about another actor in the film and that's the dog whose dog was this because it's kind of (laughs) cute as hell (laughs) oh tilly i love tilly so much so tilly um uh yeah, Tilly lives at the property we, we shot some of the films. Oh, wow. Um, on. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I went – there was always a dog in the in the script, but um, I hadn't cast that role yet. But yes. um, we were location scouting, and uh, I went to this beautiful property in Castlemaine and was greeted by Tilly the dog. I'm like, oh, you are it – was, it was another in- instinctive thing. Like, you, you are the perfect – dog um and just yeah she's just oh, i love her so much move she's over red dog so yeah exactly <laughs> move over red. well yeah um, yeah she's i think she has a very bright future film, <laughs> to be honest yeah oh i love her so much she was also just so grounding to have um around like when things got stressful or you know there were such long shoot days um tilly would just waddle up and want to cuddle why did you decide on 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 such a rural setting for this film? Um, I I spent a lot of time in in that area. Um, I yeah, I spent a lot of time in regional Vic, mm. and um, it's where I go when I need to ground myself, or if I've got a a writing deadline, um, I'll go and you know um, either stay at a caravan park or get an Airbnb or something, and just like get all of my writing done there. Um, And there's just something so magical about the landscape. I feel so connected to it. And I actually wrote quite a bit of my first summer up there. So it just felt really right to set it there. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm just so, so in love with that that part of the world. Yeah. Katie, I did not know that. I didn't know that that you wrote it up there. Wow, that's Yeah, yeah. I wrote quite a... Um, quite a big chunk of it there Mm. yeah and it also just it really helped um, being there in that environment and and writing it it just it it made it so much um, richer for me because I could just look outside or go for a walk in the bush and um, you know uh, put that like come straight home and um, and put that description into the script Mm. Um, I think that really helped I couldn't imagine it being uh, filmed anywhere else now I've got one last casting question here. I've been writing about Australian cinema since 2013, and one of my favourite films in that time has been the micro-budget indie Zoe Misplaced. That film also starred Harvey Zielinski, who is a terrific actor and also happens to be a very passionate advocate for transgender characters and stories on screen. Katie, can you tell us about Harvey's casting in My First Summer? Yeah, so uh, I had written this role of a, of a detective um, and he put down a, a tape and it was, um, it was just so beautiful. Like I didn't want these detectives to be, or, you know, um, police officers or detectives to be, um, the stereotypical, like, you know, bad guys. 
Um, and he just brought this um, tenderness and empathy yes. to the role that I just fell in love with immediately. Mm. Um, and in the film, I feel like he really, you know, there's this, this scene between him and Maya's character, Grace. And he asks, like, he says, what you saw, um, you know, this is the, the tragedy that at the core of My First Summer is a drowning um, of Cordia's mum. Mm. And um, he waits for the other officer to leave and says to um, Grace, like, what you saw must have been really scary. Do you have someone to talk to yes. about it? And I'm pretty sure that that's, maybe that's what he did in the, in the audition tape. But there was just, like, you could tell that he really so deeply cared. Um, and I, I loved that. He just melted my heart. Yes. Um, yeah, he's phenomenal. He certainly yeah, has a, a genuine tenderness that oozes through the screen. Oh, you can gosh. just see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maya, I guess that you, thinking about it, you probably had the most screen time with him. What, what did you take away from uh, working with, with such a great actor? Well, I was already aware of Harvey's work mm. before because I believe he was a Heath Ledger Scholarship finalist. Right, right. Katie, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. I'm trying to work out because I definitely knew that I was following his work and was like a bit obsessed. Um, And then being on set, I tried to be so, I like, again, tried to just be so cool and not ask too many questions. (laughs) He was really so beautiful and like, I don't know, obviously things get cut in the edit, but I just remember saying to him one day we'd we'd done something like when the car pulls like I don't know there's like a car pulls up and they they talk to Grace or whatever and and I said to him I feel like it's as if we're speaking this sort of secret language um while you know the other police officer is doing their thing and on one level I was like maybe this is because you and I are very connected to this kind of story in a way that only people like us are um, or maybe it was just that, you know, it was the choices we were both making, but it was, it was really quite superb to be sharing screen time with him. And he is so good. Yes. It's mm. actually disgusting. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's so and, good yeah. and, and, and brings so many layers all at once to just a single moment. It's like really quite phenomenal. I, I mean, everyone who worked on this project were all so uber talented and I just spent the entire time with my eyes like boggling out of my brain just watching <laughs> it, learning and absorbing it all um but yeah he's absolutely killer and was yeah great to work and, with and so generous with his mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. he would um I, I think he had two or three shoot days up in um Castlemaine which is a couple of hours from Melbourne um and yeah he he came up in like early in the morning and left late at night and was just um just so generous with his time um yeah i appreciate him so much more roles for him please somebody if you if you're a casting director out there and you're listening to this come on get onto it (laughs) oh yeah i i cannot wait to work with him again yeah um i've got two more questions and uh, this one I'd, I'd like to invite you both to answer do you have a favorite summertime memory uh, you know from from either your youth or, or recently that you'd like to share with us um so my i grew up near um a beach and i just remember this is like an every summertime uh 
memory. Is yes. that okay? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I would, um, so every summer, and I still do it, um, I still do it now actually, but um, I would go to the beach and it's usually like usually with a friend um, and we would swim out and take our bathers off like once we hit a certain point yeah. um, where people from the beach couldn't see and <laughs> pretend to be, um, I don't know, whatever kind of sea creature we felt at the time. Um, and it's just like when I think of summer, that's what I that's what I think of because it's just the most freeing feeling. Um, yeah, I don't that's, know. That's Maybe beautiful. That's... How, how liberating <laughs> How liberating that it must feel. So, it's so liberating. Yes. Yeah, it just makes me think, okay, this is summer. It's just like a thing that I would do. I Yeah, I, to be honest, still do. Um, <laughs> that's great. I think either like that or, um, uh, yeah, going into like out into the bush and, um, uh, yeah, being like in the bush in the middle of the Australian summer, mm. just the smells and the colours, um, uh, which I hope come through in, in my first summer. Yes, um, But, yeah, th- those are the two. When I think of summertime and my youth, those are the two things that I think about. Yes. Maya? For me, I immediately remember what it was like probably from ages, I want to say nine until 12 mm-hmm. my experience of summer so I, I spent a bit of time living in the UK mm-hmm. when I was a child and summer over there lasts like three weeks but it is <laughs> the most <laughs> glorious summer ever because people have been indoors and it's been grey and suddenly just every kid everywhere is on their bike and I have these memories of going down to kind of the the local shop around the corner with my two best female friends and just not wearing a helmet and just riding straight down and buying all of the lollies we possibly could, all of the chocolates, which I can't believe I never thought of this memory when we were shooting. Yeah, that is so great. Because this (laughs) is very great the more I talk about it. And bizarre because I I definitely didn't recall this when we were shooting, but just getting all of the snacks. Yeah, yeah, all of the snacks and the biscuits and the milks and everything and putting it in our backpacks and all of it melting into one sort of big (laughs) conglomerate and spending our entire days just cycling all over our local village and meeting friends and going into the forest and just being rat bags because the summer over there is like 25 degrees rather than 35 (laughs) degrees. So it's a little more, you know, we were being a little more active in the heat but it was so fun and I think in those moments I felt the most unstoppable yes. as, a, as a kid yeah. and I often yeah. as a child felt a little bit like I didn't have a heap of power because mm. my brain as a young person was in many ways working against me mm. and during that pocket of summer between those ages I just really felt like I could do anything. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Maya, I know that you're a Jane Harper fan. Uh, have you seen The Dry yet or any other Australian films that uh, that have stood out for you? I haven't seen The Dry yet and I loved the book. Yes. Um, and it's mainly because I've been busy and lazy and that combination meant that I didn't see it in the cinema. So I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm hoping that maybe they do a release at some other point um Mm. but I need to just really get my act together and watch it because I loved I loved the story and I'm sure it's going to be beautiful on screen it is it's a great film actually 
they were filming um, in yeah. Castlemaine, the same town that we were shooting in at the same time. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, we share the, the rivers. <laughs> I'm fairly sure it's the same lake that they used. Oh, of course, yeah. yes. It we did look did. very then, familiar. We were um, both staying at – we were, like, both um, – teams were staying at the Castlemaine Caravan Park. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Did you get oh, to chat yeah. to anyone? Did you did you try to get in there and, and make yourself known? Um look I I saw Rob Connolly in uh, the cafe across the road from the caravan park but I was too shy to say hello. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I get a little bit shy. I should have. I've heard that he's lovely. Yes. So, yeah. Um oh, next time. Well, it was uh, fantastic chatting with you both, and uh, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your stories with us. Um, you know, I'm sure our listeners now and in the future are going to appreciate that. So, thank you very much, and uh, congratulations on such a terrific film. I wish it all the best. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you so thank much. You. It's been a delight. Yeah, it's been so lovely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.